Welcome back to No Room for Phonies. It's me this week, just Pam, talking to you uh, from a very bright, sunny space. Uh, It's a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous November day. And uh, it's put me in the mood uh, to talk about living an expectationless life. I've been thinking a lot about that and uh, I wanted to just share some of my ideas on how to be mindful and not get caught up in the trap of expectations. So here we are, no room for phonies, living an expectationless life. So it is, I think, human nature to just um, have expectations of both ourselves and of others. And so I have been trying to reframe that as late because expectations narrow the field of opportunities and possibilities. And so I've been thinking of it in terms of intentions instead of expectations. And intentions gives me the idea that I am talking about things I want to do myself and that I'm not relying on somehow magically making the people in my life meet the expectations that I have for them. So I'm finding by being intentional about my life that I'm experiencing greater freedom and ease and peace. I don't really have a sense of entitlement because I know that whatever I want to have in my life, I have to intend it and make a plan and do it. But on the other hand, if my intentions are a bit broader, then my path, like in expectations, is not predetermined. And it doesn't mean that I don't have a path in mind and in my heart, but I can always adapt my path. And I'm finding that if I live in a world of expectations, that I just narrow my ability to be pleased or fulfilled or satisfied. I stay away from the word happy because I just find that kind of loosey-goosey. It doesn't mean that you can't have standards or beliefs. It doesn't mean that you can't require things of somebody because as a principal, I would often get very frustrated with um, staff who just didn't meet the basic requirements. Like to me, getting on work, on, getting to work on time, doing the things that you were supposed to do, like handing in your report cards on time, keeping a day book, like all those things are just requi- requirements. How you do them? could vary. And I always had patience with people who admitted, yeah, I'm struggling with this, but I'm working at it, I'm learning to do it. But for people not to meet the basic standards or requirements, that's not intentions or expectations. So one of the ways that I have helped myself in using this intention um, kind of attitude is by every morning feeling grateful, just as a way of life. And then following the flow of whatever life wants to kind of express through you. So that way, um, if I expect, okay, I'm going to get this, 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 and this done today, but then a friend calls and needs me or something happens and I just don't get stuff done, then 
I'm upset, right? So I want to solve problems for the benefit of everybody involved rather than being tied to some kind of expectations. I want to be thoughtful in my relationships. And uh, I want to tell people how much I appreciate it when they do something for me that is thoughtful. And I think that's one of the hardest things is to kind of accept help. And it is for me anyway. But I'm, I'm learning to do that. And I just do kind things for others because that is one of my basic intentions is just to make the circle of my world a better place to be. And I find that um, doing kind things for people really does help me do that. And I think one of the important things we need to learn in life, if we don't want to be silly about things is that if we really want or need something, we have to ask, ask for it because people cannot read our minds. And certainly, the people in my life cannot read my mind. And so to expect that someone's going to do something for you that you haven't expressed, I don't think that's that's fair. And I think in this um, era of COVID and all the things that we're dealing with as a society, the idea of never taking anyone for granted. I have... Um, stayed away from talking about, you know, the pandemic uh, ad nauseum. But it, it's such a major part of the decisions that we make. It's so forcing us to evaluate what our expectations are and what fulfills us. And it pushes us to really think about gratitude because it's so easy to fall into that pit of feeling negative and feeling like you're missing out and feeling like whatever, instead of trying to find a way to do things within the parameters that we live in right now. And uh, I think part of being, you know, grateful every morning and making that a way of life is my attempt to stay positive and realistically optimistic during this time and still be able to fulfill some intentions of, you know, making the world a better place and not getting wrapped up in uh, my own feelings and my own sense of entitlement. So lots of the things that I do, I walk, I think, I write, I exercise, I I I don't want to say that I meditate, but uh, walking to me is meditation, uh, knitting, sewing, practicing loving kindness, accepting the beliefs and views of others, and and really trying to honor everyone's unique journey. I mean, everyone in my circle is is not, you know, dealing the same way with the things that we're losing during this pandemic. And so I think it's important that we do honor everyone's journey. But in the end, intentions set us free, while expectations really actually create limitations and suffering. And whether we realize it or not, we intend every day when we wake up, we, uh, you know, I've said this, we have intentions about things we want to get done, the people we want to see, the feelings we want to convey, places we intend to go. And every day we notice that our intentions are just that intentions. They're not reality. Because a lot of my days seem to have a, a path of their own, a mind of their own. 
And I I really noticed that when I was a principal, because I would think, okay, today I'm going to get this done. I'm going to be in this classroom. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then things would happen and I would be have to be drawn into the office or a meeting or doing this or doing that or a discipline situation. And we may not accomplish what we intend to accomplish. But the bottom line is how we feel about that, that frames our lives in an important way. You can refer to intentions as plans. And I think they keep our mind focused on what's positive in life and they help us carve an energetic path before we kind of take it on and try to do it. So we, it's like a blueprint, but we all know that when people build houses, the blueprint changes. They think, oh, I'd like to add a closet here or do this here. But if you live in a world of intentions instead of expectations, you're kind of making that ultimate statement in freedom. We can intend anything we want, but if you hang expectations on other people, you're going to be constantly disappointed because you cannot magically control someone else. Whether you consider them good or bad or healthy or unhealthy, our intentions live in a place where we can be anyone accomplish any task, do anything, and we can we can set intentions for our future. So they allow us to dream and grow as we please. And intentions are kind of a little bit different than more long-term goals because they're immediate and they're a little bit they have a bit more of an and just the word intentions, I intend is a more energetic a word. And sometimes goals can just feel a little bit lofty and far away. Not like a, maybe your intentions are more like a, a random to-do list. Um, I think most people know how to set goals and make lists, but I don't think we're ever taught about how to intend. And I think intention begins with desire. And you could have a desire for anything. And we should be like intending lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of times throughout the day. Like you get in a car and you think, okay, we're going to have a, you know, a great ride together and we're going to arrive safely at our destination. That's our intention. It's not our expectation because then the next thing you have a flat tire and the baby's crying and things aren't going that way. So then you have to adapt to that. But if it was this big expectation that everything was going to go right, then we're going to be disappointed. I'm going to give you an example um, of something. So last Sunday, we wanted to see our kids from Toronto, which we need to do outside. And... uh, So we set up a tent in the backyard. The day started with snow. It ended with yucky, yucky, yucky rain. We we did make a campfire or like a fire in the back. But we, if my expectations had been great weather and a beautiful day, but no, my intention was that I would be able to spend distantly, social distancely, distantly, some positive time with my kids. And that was my intention and it worked. So when you, when you start with, when you start 
leaning your intentions towards expectations, it just wreaks habits. Expectation havoc. Did I say havoc? Expectations are the thought or about an idea, an event or a person or something is going to turn out in a particular way. And so that implies that we have control. And if there's anything this pandemic has taught us is that we do not have control. And I like control. I was a boss. I had things in control. Uh, I like control. So it's been a tough journey for me to move from this world of expecting things to go as I planned to intending and living in the moment in a more mindful way. So lack of control, and even despite some of my best intentions, some things really turn out badly. I I bake a cake and it burns. I leave the muffins in too long. That was never my intention. And I always said um, that, you know, you had needed to understand people's intentions before you're too hard on them. I mean, I had some really crazy situations happen when I was a principal, and I don't think the teachers ever intended to do anything to harm children. But things happened. And creating intentions without expectation is really a skill that's really not easy to master and you have to trust yourself and you have to just trust your own ability to cope with whatever comes your way. And the trust that I'm talking about is in kind of like that universal force. It's, it's, it's a higher, um, it's just higher than any of us. We have to trust that when our intentions do not come to pass, it is because there was something even better in store for us. And I think that's one of the hardest things to do. When I stopped working, I did not feel there was something better in store for me. I had had a hard time and I had been treated badly. So I did not think there was something um, better. So I just had to believe after I wallowed a little, which is always necessary, and dealt with some other rotten things, that I had to trust that despite how things looked and felt, that something good was going to come of this. And something has, like not something miraculous, but I have delved into myself, I have become mindful, I've learned about cognitive behavior therapy, I've started talking on a podcast, I've quilted, I've made connections with people that are mean so much to me in my life. Um, I have so many opportunities that I would not have had had I kept working. And I became disheartened and I sometimes didn't see the beauty in everything, but I never stopped setting intentions. However, I feel in the beginning, I had more expectations than intentions. And so when I moved to a place of gratitude, like I spent when the pandemic started, I did a 30 days of gratitude thing. And it really shifted my mindset. And so I started living my life from a place of gratitude and intention and gratitude go hand in hand. 
And so when something um, comes to fruition, then I'm grateful for that. I didn't expect it necessarily. I intended it, but I'm grateful. But when an intention does not meet an expectation, it is important to recognize that with gratitude as well. Because we have to um, realize that expectations just lock us in. So we also have to realize that we have to come to terms with our own perceptions of the outcome of a situation and that our perceptions are not always accurate and that us thinking that this, this expectation is going to be met is in our minds what should happen. But if we are open to intention and doing our best and seeing how things turn out and trusting, then we can take pleasure in our intentions with our whole heart and then give in to trust and let go with gratitude and then see where life takes us. And I think that also comes down to the point where your um, standards are and your beliefs are about making the world a better place and, you know, and that your intentions are, are good as far as you can see, but you're open to learning and seeing life from a different perception and just perspective rather, and just letting life happen in a grateful, kind way. So in that light, you kind of have to make decisions. And so I've been reading a lot about making decisions with confidence. And uh, one of the things is that um, I try not to fear the consequences of my decisions. Uh, Whatever the future is going to hold, it's going to probably hurt you or please you a bit less than what you make up in your mind. And I think I have some fairly good gut instincts. My, you know, when I think, oh, I should call this person and make sure they're okay or whatever, it usually works out okay. And if you're bought, like a lot, oftentimes I start a phone call by saying, is this a good time? You know, is it okay to talk now? But I mean, you have to listen to how you feel. You have to listen to your emotions and make sure that um, sadness and anger and everything can can impact your ability to think clearly. Sometimes you have to play the devil's advocate with yourself and actually search for evidence that can prove you wrong. Stay anchored or grounded and don't be swayed by limited information and sort of irrelevant ideas or other stuff. And, you know, the old saying, don't cry over spilt milk. The more we invest in something or the more we expect something to go, the more commitment we feel towards it and then the disappointment. And sometimes you just have to move on. So I try, you know, to look at look at things another way. I also feel social pressure. Uh, rejection is a button for me. And so um, if I find everybody in the group agreeing, and I don't really necessarily agree, that's hard for me to play the contrarian. But it's, it, it is a good decision when you're sticking to your true self and your values, and your intention is not to hurt, but to be authentic. 
Sometimes I just limit my options. When my kids were growing up, I would say, you can do this, this or this. And I let them choose. They felt empowered. But it was three things that I could live with no matter what. Sometimes I'll say to my husband, you choose. What do you think? And that's a, I mean, that's a strategy. So the main thing is that you identify the decision, you gather the relevant information, you identify the alternatives, weigh the evidence, choose among the alternatives, take action, reflect, but don't regret. At least not in a way that you beat yourself up for things. Mistakes are made, we have to move on. I like to be planned and organized because it saves time, it saves money, it reduces my stress, it gives me a healthy environment to live in and and I feel more on top of things, which is better for my own mental health. My home is neat and I don't like clutter, so and I it sets an example for others and it allows me more time to support other people. I feel productive. So I think one of my intentions always is to be, you know, planned and organized. And uh, do I always do that? No. But on some days when I feel a bit more disorganized, I think, well, I learned this or I did, you know, I, I like even today, I've moved sort of flipping from thing to thing. But some days are like that. And so I let go of a few um, things that I know I'm not going to accomplish and I live in the moment and enjoy what I'm doing. I think these are tough times and I think uh, we have to be brave. The past can't be changed. Opinions of me don't define my reality. Everybody's journey is different. I think it's hard right now. Um, People make judgments about, you know, things that you do. Um, as far as within the COVID restrictions, like I'm sure there's some people that would probably think us having our kids here in the backyard outside was not okay. And so you just have to um, not overthink things because then you're upset and realize that your own happiness and fulfillment come from within you and what you what you think and if you let your thoughts take over, it's going to impact your mood. So smiles are contagious and kindness is free. And it's okay to let go of what somebody says, some judgment on you and just move on. And things do always get better with time. So my be brave um, list goes like this. I tell the truth that is on my heart, as long as it's not hurtful and just being mean. I stand up for people. I speak out against things. I, I try to be the first person to reach out after a conflict. I try not to react to criticism or rejection. I have let go of being busy all the time. It's a, it's a thing, right? Like, oh, I'm so busy and I have all this to do. And that was really hard for me when I stopped working because it was kind of like a, a flagship of me. Oh, I'm just so busy. And I have found that it's um, really freeing to just have some good intentions or some intentions and let go of the expectations and my need to control. I do, I try to do kind things without expecting anything in return. And I've been saying no a lot to things I don't want or people that I don't want to see. And I am trying to trust myself and who I am and 
and what I believe and know that, you know, this statement that I've made over and over again, that I'm, I am good enough today, but better tomorrow. So over this pandemic, I've been looking beyond, you know, practicing intentions rather than expectations. I've been trying to use some of these um, stress reducing uh, strategies like exercise. My husband and I have taken on an exercise routine. We're also playing, doing a lot of walking, and we've discovered platform tennis, which is not quote unquote real tennis, but it happens outside and it happens all winter, and it's a lot of fun. I've tried to stay positive, which getting fresh air and doing all that stuff really helps with. Accepting that there are things you cannot control and that you're further ahead to make the best of what you can do rather than always wanting something that you can't have. I'm trying to be assertive but not aggressive. So when someone says, oh, I don't think you're allowed to do that, I'm avoiding being angry or defensive or passive, but just saying, no, I, we've decided as a family that we feel that that is an acceptable risk. I'm eating healthy, well-balanced meals. I'm rela- I'm practicing relaxation, doing things that help me relax, like reading and knitting and sewing. I'm a good time manager, but that is stress relieving. Like I have a to-do list and I have a strategy for if I don't make it through my list and all that stuff. So that really helps me to stay, um, to reduce my stress, hobbies and interests. I try to get enough rest and sleep. My um, menopausal body fights that for sure. So I try to read. And one of the things that I found is a great strategy. Um, I take something called GABA, which is a, a natural thing that sort of stops your mind from racing. But I also don't get upset in the night if I wake up and I can't sleep. I just pull out my book and read and stay in bed and or I just lie there with my eyes closed because the more wound up you get about it, the more expectations you have around sleep, the worse it gets. I don't have addictions, um, particularly. I'm not addicted to TV. I've really worked at that. And uh, I don't smoke and I don't, uh, we really, we open a bottle of wine usually on Friday night and have a few glasses of wine over the weekend. But other than that, we're not really heavy duty drinkers. And I spend enough time with the people I enjoy. My um, friend and I, who used to be able to go to a restaurant on and eat outside, even when it was cold, we were taking blankets now we're um, socially distancing for coffee for an hour or so in on her patio. So we're wrapping up in blankets and we're going to do this because it is important to spend enough time with people you enjoy. Sometimes for relationships, you just have to accept the fact that certain things never go back the way they were. And if you're, um, if you expect that, I think sometimes you're just going to um, be sad all the time. And real relationships that last involve a lot of forgiveness. And I've made a pact with my kids, I think, as a, as 20 somethings that if they do something and it bugs me, I tell them, we go through it. They say they're sorry, and we move on. And I expect the same from them. And that that's a healthier uh, way to be. 
And growing a relationship takes intentionality and long-term relationships um, are influential. Like people look at, you know, people who have been married 70 years or whatever. And even when I say now we've been married like over 26 years, that is, has an influence on people. Like, how do you do that? How do you get through the hard times? And it is possible, but both people have to want it. Unrealistic or any expectations and poor communication destroy relationships. And when you're wise, you just know that relationships change over time. And when you're courageous, you know when it's time to change the relationship. So I'm in the middle of that. I am, you know, changing the relationship with my adult children right now. And it's hard. But it's also freeing. And my intention for my relationship with my kids is that I get to spend time with them and enjoy them. That's it. So it changes from that expectation that you know everything they're doing and you're involved in this and you're involved in that. But, um, but it's hard. It's hard as a parent not to kind of be in control of that. So in order to be mentally strong, I had to deal with my emotions. And I do that by writing and walking and delay gratification, learn to say no, give up the bad habits of comparing yourself to others and surrounding yourself with negative people and ruminating on the past and being afraid of change and not learning from your mistakes, things that you've done that I know I've done things with my kids that I wish I hadn't. Worrying about things that you can't control. And I think one of the um, major things that I'm learning is that I have to take responsibility for where I'm headed. And I can't, nobody can stop me from moving forward. And I have had to overcome my in, inner critic. I remember um, somebody that I worked for, a boss of mine saying, no one's harder on you than you. And so I have to be, um, I, I try to be better at that. And I, I know sometimes when I do something and I'm sewing and I think, oh, that's terrible. I think, oh, you're no good at this. And I think that is your inner critic, like stop. And, uh, but it's one of my, it's one of my things like my rejection button that I have to really, and my control things that I have to really work at. But I'm, you know, mentally strong people are grateful and optimistic and they try not to worry about pleasing others, but they're not also afraid of pain and feeling badly and just knowing that if you feel your way through it, you come out the other side. And as long as you don't live there, then you're fine. You got to feel it. So, um... Here's a few, a few positive affirmations, and I think we all need them at this time. I'm too big a gift to the world to waste my time on self-pity and sadness. I know my wisdom guides me to make the right decisions. All that I need comes to me at the right time and place in life. I cannot give up until I have tried every conceivable way. I'm good enough and I get better every day. I choose the light that I am to this world. All my problems have a solution. I let go of worries that drain my energy. I take the time to show my friends that I care about them. And I am a better person for the hardships that I've gone through. 
So mindfulness is an expression of non-doing or non-efforting where one self-consciously suspends agendas and judgments and traditional common misunderstandings. So sometimes I just want to lose track of space and time and just become fully engaged in the life that is before me. I can passively witness my experiences as they unfold and I can be compassionate and accepting and, you know, and aware of, of life in a, you know, in a non-judgmental, okay, this is what happens. So in an attempt to honor um, simplicity, I think being mindful is a simpler way of being. And that doesn't mean that you never state your opinion or you don't, well, maybe not your opinion, but you never say how you feel about something. Like it, you're not some passive thing, but you appreciate and you have an ability to be at peace. Like it's a deeper sense of peace with yourself. And sometimes I think you have to um, clean house. And I mean your mind. The, the spiritual life is one more of subtraction than addition. And that's by Eckert, a medieval theologian. So remove the static from your life and anything that isn't serving either yourself or the people that you know. So that's a lot of um, talking about where I'm at right now and what I'm trying to learn about myself uh, during the pandemic. And uh, it wasn't the pandemic that started me on this journey. It was retirement, menopause, some negative stuff, and me deciding I'm not living in a negative space. Expectations aren't working for me. So now I live in a world of mindfulness and intentions. And I'm far from perfect at it. But I am on a journey towards a peacefulness in my, um, let's call them golden years, that um, I hope that makes me able to really live out some of my, my life purpose in a way that has a very, very positive impact on society and my world and the people around me. So on this beautiful, beautiful sunny day, I think it's about five degrees outside. The sun is beaming in here in the window. It's a few weeks before Christmas. I hope that you'll take a chance and just listen to this podcast, have listened to this podcast and let it kind of filter into your life and maybe change your thinking on a couple of things. And if you have comments or you think I'm totally off base, I, I love hearing from people. Or if you have questions about how I am am doing on my journey, I'll, I'll try to fill you in on those as I go. But uh, I wish you health and peace and a wonderful day. So thank you for joining me on No Room for Phonies, Living an Expectationless Life.